You're listening to the Citrus Church Podcast. Now, here's the message. Well, good morning. My name is Bob Rudebush. I'm a retired pastor from the Dakota's Annual Conference. I've been a pastor for 42 years, and uh, retirement has great, let me tell you. It's the best thing ever. However, it's like any probably vocation, the church calls you back every once in a while, and so I live in Rapid City, South Dakota, in the Black Hills of South Dakota, and one of our churches was a pastor, and so, of course, they said, hey, could you come uh, help us out here for a little while, and so I'm doing that. However, I had one condition, because uh, our son and our daughter, our daughter and son-in-law live here with our two-and-a-half-month-old, uh, two-and-a-half-year-old grandson, who we were already committed to sitting for a couple weeks because they were going to be gone. So when Brian asked if I would uh, do the sermon today, I was like, oh, I'm not going to be there. But then all of a sudden it was like, well, yes, I am going to be there. So what the heck, we are here uh, together. Now, last week I was here and I read scripture and and when he asked, does anybody know anything about South Dakota or something about anybody been there or know anything about it, nobody raised their hand. And I said, well, we're going to have to have a little geography question, a little like... Now, South Dakota is one of the two, North Dakota and South Dakota. Please do not mix those up. It really makes us mad. The other thing is the state is mostly prairie, except where we live is much like the Ozarks, if you've been to the Ozarks or the Smoky Mountains. So this first shot is the Badlands that I took, and you can see we have some rams there. So, in fact, Brian said, this looks like the Sea of Galilee, which is kind of an interesting but anyway, the Badlands are not very far, so we have what we call the land of infinite variety. We have prairie, we have Badlands, and then, of course, most all of us know this picture. We live 16 miles from Mount Rushmore, so it's in the Black Hills of South Dakota. So if you ever have a chance to go see Mount Rushmore, it's kind of a pretty awesome sight up front. And, and then the last one here, this is kind of the typical prairies. We're divided by the Missouri River and... And for the most part, it's just flat, no trees. In fact, one guy uh, who was from Tennessee asked a pastor in our conference, so who cleared all this land? And it was like, <laughs> we didn't have any trees to begin with. So, uh, But anyway, it's good to be here with you and uh, to share with you uh, today. Uh, it's kind of like, um, you know, last week Brian talked about forgiveness and how we're supposed to forgive well, this particular passage isn't any easier, is it, in how we follow Jesus? So uh, we're going to kind of dive into that together. Let us pray. Gracious, loving God, again, we just thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the opportunities to gather and to worship you and to give you praise and thanksgiving. And we just pray that you would open our hearts and minds to your word, that you might speak to us in each to each of us in our unique ways. Uh, bless us now, for we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So in chapter 19, or immediately, uh, there's a story about where a young man who is very rich comes up to Jesus and says, what must I do, to, uh, Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says to this young man, you have to follow all the Ten Commandments. And he said, I have done that perfectly since my youth. So then Jesus looked at him with compassion and said, well, then there's one more thing you got to do. You got to sell everything you have and give it to the poor and come follow me. 
At that moment, the disciples and everybody around who heard this were shocked. They were shocked because in that day, if you were wealthy, you were considered blessed by God. And, of course, a shoe-in to go into the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus is kind of pointing out that maybe that's not what it's about. In fact, earlier in this particular chapter 19, he talked about the little children. And remember, the disciples tried to keep the kids away from Jesus, and Jesus said, no, bring them all in, because to them belongs the kingdom of heaven. So we get a little bit of clue to our passage today, and let's be honest. This passage, we just shake our heads, don't we? I mean, what the heck is this about? You promise these one guys at 6 a.m., okay, I'm going to give you a denarii. Now, a denarii was about three or four days' worth of salary. And it was harvest time for harvesting the vineyard. And so, of course, you know, they're anxious, they want to get to work, and they're going to make this money. And, you know, I can imagine, if you imagine, you know, so some other workers come at 9, and some others come at noon, and some others come at 3, and, and then there's this group that comes at 5, and you're like, wow. You know, I don't know what they're going to make, but probably not enough. So, But then the story goes and shifts to the time of pay. And what happens? The 5 o'clock, and, and this is kind of a sneaky thing too, isn't it? You start paying the people who came last first. So the ones who came early are watching. And, of course, the 5 o'clock people get the denarii, three or four days salary, working one hour. Pretty good deal, huh? Then there's the three. So what are you doing? What are you thinking? You're the 6 a.m. guy, and you're seeing this. What do you think is going to happen? We're going to get more. But no, it goes to noon, to nine, to six, and they all get paid the same. Life is unfair. It's unfair. And this story kind of points that out a little bit, doesn't it? I don't know you, you, but it... It just doesn't seem fair. Why is Jesus telling us this story? Well, I think one reason could be Jesus is talking about, you know, people come to faith at a variety of stages in their lives. Now, like I grew up going to church since I was an infant, you know, going to Sunday school, confirmation, doing the whole thing. There are other people who come to faith in college or even older and even You remember the story of Jesus dying on the cross? Thief on the right side said, hey, Jesus said, you're going to heaven with me at the last minute. So some scholars think this is about, some of us all come to faith at different points in life, and the person who comes to faith at the very end of their life is just as important as the one who's been a part of the kingdom part of the journey of life with Jesus. doesn't matter. We all receive the gift of faith. But another thing we learn from this parable about ourselves is the parable at this time that we might have an issue with generosity that is given to those people who we don't think deserve it. Generosity to those people who we don't think deserve it. The key verse is in chapter, verse 15 when it says, Are you envious because I am generous? In the CEB, it said, are you resentful because I am generous? 
Other translations say, is your eye evil because I am good or kind? Or do you begrudge that I'm generous with my money? Who are the people that we envy? Is there something that someone else has that you've always wanted to have, and you can't have it, but somebody else can? Envy is one of the said seven deadly sins. If you think about it, if you look that up and Google that, what are the seven deadly sins? Envy is one of them. To deal with envy, we have to realize that that happens to all of us, doesn't it? That's why we say life is unfair. But the first place we probably should begin to think about, well, how do we overcome this sense of envy in our lives is to think about, well, what blessings do we already have? To focus on the things we already do have. And in many cases, we have more than most of the world There's a story of a group of mountain climbers who set out to conquer a mountain, and among them was one with no experience of climbing mountains. So for several hours they climbed, and they reached the top of the mountain, and the first-time climber was so excited to get up to the top that he stood up and he said, I did it. And then all of a sudden, a big gust of wind, because the wind gets pretty powerful when you're at the top of those mountains, almost blew him off the mountain. Finally, the experienced ones grabbed him and held him and said, oh, we forgot to tell you. When you get to the top of the mountain, you don't stand straight up because the wind will blow you over. You get on your knees. You get on your knees first. And then you say, I've reached the top. In the face of envy, humility can go a long way. If we're not so worried about what somebody else has and really celebrate what I do have would help us to overcome that sense of envy in our lives. Learning to not be envious of someone else's blessing is what grace looks like. Learning not to be envious of someone else's blessing is what grace looks like. Ultimately, Jesus' parable highlights the generosity of God. As the ultimate landowner, God will use what has always belonged to God for the good of all humans. But we don't look at it through God's eyes. We often look at it through our eyes. And Jesus is, I think, saying to the disciples who are saying, well, if these children who are really worth much are given entry into the heaven. And this rich man, who couldn't give away all of his wealth and follow Jesus, if he can't make it, well, who can? Who can be saved? I confess that there's been many times in my life that I thought, you know, they really didn't deserve that break they got. Anybody else have ever had that thought? They didn't really deserve that. And, and, I, and the problem is, is because I'm trying to compare them to my life as opposed to thinking with the heart and mind of God. I think much of the anger in our world today seems to around the issues of, well, some people have it all and some don't have it. And, 
There just seems to be this turmoil in our world around that. And I hear people saying, well, it's just not fair. It seems like everyone else is getting ahead. Maybe we are being pointed to the idea in this particular parable, which I still don't like, friends. It still doesn't make too much sense to me. But the idea that being generous is the way that we are to live in the kingdom of God. That's a challenge for us to do, is to live a life of generosity. But a roadblock to this generosity is envy. You know, envy or jealousy, they can be problems in our lives. And just like last Sunday when Pastor Brian talked about how hard it was to forgive other people, sometimes it's hard for us to overcome that sense of Envy in our, in our lives, it just kind of creeps in, doesn't it? It's kind of sneaky. It's not like we consciously think about it all the time, but subconsciously it's, it's just placed there. It's just there for us to think about. And it's interesting, again, what was the verse that God said to, or the landowner said to the 6 a.m.ers? Are you envious because I'm generous? Are you envious because I'm generous? The composer and conductor, Leonard Bernstein, and I think we want to go back to Leonard there, if you can go back, was asked, what's the most difficult instrument to play? And he says, the second fiddle. I can get plenty of first violinists, but to find someone who can play the second fiddle with enthusiasm, (laughs) that's a problem. And if we have no second fiddle, we have no harmony. You want that for a little bit, right? It's kind of like we all want to be first chair. But if we don't have a second chair or third chair, there's no harmony. Hmm. The landowner's question in the parable is this punchline. Are you envious because I'm generous? I recently had a friend, a young friend, who's gone through a very difficult divorce, finally has kind of come back from that, and she, she wrote on her, first, her Facebook page, please be generous and offer grace to all you meet. You just don't know what a difference it makes. We're to be generous not only with our money, but we're supposed to be generous with our feelings and support and care of other people. So maybe the secret is not to think about things because they're unfair, but the secret is to celebrate that everyone at times can catch a break. That sometimes it doesn't matter somebody else got some blessing in their lives, and maybe we should celebrate that as opposed to thinking about it's unfair. As I look back on my life and maybe in your life, I've received many breaks that I didn't expect. That's God's grace. So why would I begrudge that of other people? The two learnings today are that we celebrate when everyone comes to faith, no matter when they do come to faith. And the second is that we be generous people and celebrate all who experience the gracious gift 
of God's grace in their lives. There's an old rabbinic parable about a farmer that had two sons. And as soon as they were old enough to walk, he taught these two boys, his two sons, he taught them everything he knew about growing crops and raising animals. And when he got too old to work, and eventually he died, the two boys took over all the chores of the farm. And they found their working together so meaningful, they decided to form a partnership to split everything at whatever they received and harvest or everything 50-50 down the middle. Now, the older brother, um, he never got married. And the younger brother got married and had eight children. And as they were thinking about this particular harvest that came, it was really a, a, it was a big harvest and the older brother got to thinking, you know, it's just me. My brother has a lot of children and a lot of family, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, you know, but if I ask him, hey, why don't we change this 50-50, you take 60, I'll take 40. He won't go for that. So every night, I'm going to take one of the bags from our, of grain from our harvest, and I'm going to walk it over to his barn. Now, at the same time this was, he was thinking about this, the younger brother was thinking, you know, I got all these children that can take care of me. My brother has nobody. And we had such a great harvest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take one of these bags of grain, and I'm going to take it over to his barn at night. He won't know. And the parable goes on that in the middle of the night, these two brothers start walking over in the middle, each with a bag of grain, and they bump into each other. And they realize what the other was doing for the other. It was a beautiful night, but all of a sudden it started to gently rain. And the rabbis say it's because God was weeping with joy because these two brothers got it. They understood it. That there's a sense of a characteristic of being holy that means we are to be generous, just as God is generous. That that generosity is the secret to our joy. And to overcome the sense of envy in our lives, we take on the mantle of generosity, of giving ourselves away in and through the ways that we see how Jesus gave his life for us. You know what? Life is not fair. And thank God for that. It's not fair because it's rooted in God's grace. Thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website, citruschurch.org. If you found refreshments in this message, share it with a friend. And hey, God loves you.